We started into a new series last week talking about how no matter what you're going through, that God is able. We need to learn to trust in God and in His ability to do the things that He said that He would do. I don't know about you, but for, for me, trust is a huge thing. You see, whether I have trust in you or not, or in your service or not, will depend on whether I use you or not. At home, we always get our heat and oil from the same company every time we need oil. But there was this one time, and I don't know why, I don't know for what reason, we all ordered our oil from a different company. And it came promptly, came within a couple of days. But the problem was when it came, there was nobody at home. So the guy who came and brought it, he just put it into our oil tank at the back of our home, and, and that was it. But what I do every time when we get oil, I have a good idea about how much oil was in the tank before we got the delivery, and I have a good idea from the amount of oil that we order what should be in it after the delivery. This time when we got up when we weren't at home, when we got home, I done what I usually do, and I get a big stick from the garage, and I go and I dip it into the tank. But this time when I dipped it into the tank and pulled it out, it really didn't seem like we got anything near the amount of oil that we should have got for the price we paid. So you know what I did? I never used that company again. You see, for me, if I trust you, if I trust your service, I'll use you. If I don't trust your service and I use you once, I will not use you again. And I believe we're all like that. You see, trust is very easily broken, but it's very difficult to repair. We talked last week about our need to trust God completely. And our foundation scripture was in Proverbs chapter 3. It says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. Now, if you missed that message last week, it's there on our YouTube page. If you're there at the moment, probably watching this video at the moment, when you're finished watching this video, you can just go out of this and you can watch last week's video. If you're on Facebook, it'll just be there in a little tab on the side where it says videos. You can go back and watch this video or last week's video or, in actual fact, any video that we've put up over the last number of years. We also encourage you to have a look at alivechurch.ie. More information about the church, you'll find it there. Uh, and you'll also find uh, a link that will bring you into all of our video archives. I want to talk to you today for a few minutes about having confidence in God. Psalms chapter 20, it says there in verse 7, it says, Some trust in chariots and some horses, but we, us believers in Jesus, we trust in the name of our Lord. You know, isn't it true that people have confidence in so many different places? Many people have confidence in their bank accounts, and if you'd see their bank accounts, you'd understand why. Other people have great confidence in their jobs because their jobs are, are, are deemed to be very secure, very solid jobs. Other people, business people, have great confidence in their businesses. But for most of us in this season, the season we're going through at the moment, most of our confidence is in our, in our finances, in our jobs, in our businesses have been shattered or at very best damaged. You see now once very solid businesses back in January that today are struggling. In some cases, they're talking about layoffs and, they're, and, and other cases, they're talking about liquidation. Back in February, 
The price of a barrel of oil on the, on the open market was, was $80 a barrel. In April, they couldn't give it away. In actual fact, in April, the oil suppliers were paying people who buy oil to take it off their hands. You see, confidence in the things of man is not confidence at all. And it's shaky at best. Church, our confidence has to be founded and it has to be rooted in our God. You see, where there's man-made things or where there's man, they'll all eventually let you down. Toyota's slogan is, we build the best-built cars in the world. And, and maybe they do. I don't know. I've never owned a Toyota. But I can tell you one thing. If you do own a Toyota or any other make of car, eventually something will go. That TV that you bought 10 or 15 years ago, eventually something will go on it. It'll be a little cylinder or a diode or something will go, and that television will stop working. That washing machine that you bought 10 years ago, it'll work great for a number of years, but eventually it will go. You see, man-made things are not made to last. And eventually they will let you down. They will fail you. You see, God didn't design us to have full confidence in man's creation. He created us to have full confidence and reliance in Him. Psalms chapter 9 and verse 10. It says, And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. If you know the Lord, you are to put your trust and have full confidence in Him because He is not like people that will let you down at some point. God will never let you down. He will never forsake you. Deuteronomy 31 and verse 6 says, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified of them because the Lord your God, He goes with you. He will never, He will never leave you or forsake you. No matter what you go through, even a global pandemic, God will not leave you. He will never let you down. He will not abandon you on a good day, and He certainly will not abandon you on a bad day. On your best day, God is right there with you. On your worst day, God is right there with you. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. He'll never let you down. You can have confidence in that. Isaiah 58, 11 says in the New Living Translation, it says, the Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. Church, we need to stop putting our trust and confidence in our own strength, the ability of our own hands or our strength of our finances. We need to put our whole trust, our whole confidence in our God. And here's the question for you today that we're asking. Where is your confidence? Where are you placing your hope in? You know, we live in a world that's full of confident people. You know the kind of people I'm talking about. The kind of people that ooze confidence. You know, when you see them, they look confident. When they walk, they walk confidence. When they eat, they eat confident. Everything that they do says confidence. You know the kind of people, they have a confident look. 
The people that are full of self-confidence. You know, and self-confidence in itself is not a bad thing, but what if your confidence is misplaced? You know, some of the most confident people that I know have also been some of the most self-centered people. These are the people who believe that whatever happens, I'm good for it. Whatever comes against me in life, I'll take care of it. I have confidence in my finances. I have confidence in my job. I have confidence in my ability. And all of that is okay. But it's misplaced confidence. You can be self-centered when you're overconfident in your own ability. You know, when I was in religion, B.C., before I knew Jesus, I was a little bit like Paul. I was kind of a religious zealot. I believe that everybody that wasn't Catholic was wrong. If you were a Protestant, you were wrong. If you were a Methodist or Baptist or Presbyterian, you were wrong. If you weren't Catholic, you were wrong. That's what I believed. If you were spirit-filled, charismatic, you were definitely wrong. I was a Catholic from a Catholic family in a Catholic country that had fought hard for our Catholic identity. In 1979, when the Pope came to visit, I was there. I remembered one of my earliest memories. I mean, I remember being there in the Phoenix Park in Dublin when the Pope went, was coming by in the Pope Mobile, and, and I ran to the, to the wire that was dividing us to see him come and, and drive by. I was a Catholic. And I, in my opinion, I was right. My confidence was in my church. And that anybody that wasn't a part of my church, they were wrong. This was my confidence. But one day, one of my friends in work, he challenged my confidence. He challenged my faith. He challenged my identity because it was all linked to my confidence in my church. He was after getting born again, whatever that meant. And now in his born-again state, he was now attacking my confidence in my beliefs. And for the next month, everything I believed in was laid on the table. And we went over everything I believed in. All of my confidences, they were destroyed. But the great thing was that they were destroyed, but new confidence was placed in me, built on a better foundation that was in Jesus Christ, a more sure, a more solid confidence. I had my Hebrews 8, 6 moment. Like when the Jews believed in Jesus, when they moved from the old covenant to the new, I now, for me, have my 8, 6 confidence built, and I had obtained, through Jesus now, a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he now had become the mediator of a better confidence which was established on better promises. You see, my old confidence in my old religion was misplaced because it was placed on religion. But now my new confidence my, was, was built on Jesus and was built in a relationship. You know, there was none more confident in their religion than Saul. Saul was so confident that he believed that it was his God-given mission to do everything that he could to destroy the early church. And he excelled at it. Acts chapter 8 and verse 3 tells in the Passion Translation, it says then, Saul mercilessly persecuted the church of God, going from house to house into homes 
of believers to arrest both men and women and drag them off into prison. Paul, because of his confidence in his belief, taught that he had the right to drag people off who believed differently than he did, who believed in the way. He believed because he was a zealot, he was a Jew of Jews. He believed that he had the right to have these people thrown into prison and even put to death. You know, misplaced confidence will cause you to do things that will lead you away from God. You know the reason that Saul did what he did? was because his confidence was misplaced in his religion. And it wasn't until Jesus himself knocked Saul to the ground, as Saul was heading to Damascus with permission slips in his hand to give to the leaders in the church in Damascus, the synagogue in Damascus, to give him these slips to give, to, that he had permission to arrest those who followed the way. And it wasn't until Jesus himself came and knocked him to the ground and he had his revelation of, of who Jesus really was that he turned to God. And he realized that his confidence in his religion was misplaced. And then he said to Jesus in Acts chapter 8, he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? You know, sure as misplaced confidence will cause you to do things that will lead you away from God. When you place your full confidence in God, it will cause you to want to serve Him. You see, in order for you to trust something, you have to have confidence in it that it will do the things that it said it will do. I mean, you would not take a check off someone that you weren't sure that they were good for that cash. You wouldn't do it. I mean, you wouldn't sell your home and someone give you a check for your home and, and that be it. No, you wouldn't sell a car and someone give you a check for the car. You wouldn't take it. You want the cash or a bank transfer or something that's more secure. I don't know your circumstances today, the stuff that you've been going through. I don't know how much this pandemic has cost you. But I do know that as we go through this time of uncertainty, and we're going through it, we will get out the other end that we need to lean on God more than we ever have before. And that we need to, more than ever, grow our trust and confidence in our God. Because as sure as you have a God in heaven, you have an enemy who is looking for every opportunity to steal and rob your confidence. The Word of God says that the enemy, he comes to steal, to kill and destroy. That's what he's wanting to do. And in this pandemic... This is a test. Not a test from God, but this is a test from the enemy where he's coming to test your confidence and your trust in your God. You know, Adam and Eve, they lived in paradise. I mean, we can't begin to understand how great paradise in the Garden of Eden was. It was amazing. They had every one of their needs met. They lacked nothing. They didn't know what it was to be naked. They didn't know what it was to be cold. They didn't know what it was to be to be hot. They didn't know what it was to be to be hungry. They didn't know how to sin. I mean, they walked with their God in the garden in the cool of the day. They fellowshiped face to face with God. And then the enemy came. And you know how the enemy got Adam and Eve to sin? He got them to question their trust and their confidence in God. You know, church, we have to develop a faith, a trust, and a confidence 
in our God that's able to withstand the attacks of the enemy. One of my favorite programs on the television, uh, when I was growing up, and I don't watch it that often now, was Star Trek. I loved it. But Star Trek's biggest problem was that they had enemies out there in space. Klingons, whatever else. They had loads of them. But every time the Klingons came, they attacked them. They shot at them. But when they, the enemy started to shoot at, at the starship Enterprise, the captain would always say, shields up. And I believe we need to have that attitude too. That when the enemy comes to attack your trust and your confidence in your God, that you need to have this shields up attitude to block all of the shots and, that the enemy will throw at us. We need to have an Ephesians 6 and verse 10 attitude. We are to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. We are to put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. It says, therefore we are to take up the whole armor of God, that we may be able to withstand in that evil day, and having done all to stand. Church, you know, the armor of God is our trust and our confidence in our God, that when the enemy attacks, God protects. Church, you know that confidence in God will cause you to be able to do the things that Jesus himself did and even greater things? When Jesus walked the earth, he done amazing things. He healed the blind, he gave sight to, he healed the lepers, he raised the dead, he cast out demons, he walked on water, and so on and so forth. He done so many amazing things. But Jesus himself said that those people who believe in him and follow after him, he said they'll do the things that he did, but he said they'll also do greater things. John chapter 12 and verse 7, or verse 12, John 14 and verse 12. Jesus speaking, he said, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father will be glorified in the Son. You may ask me anything in my name, and I will do it. Do you know, church, it's hard to believe looking at some believers and the lives that they live that that passage of Scripture spoken by Jesus is in our Bible. We have allowed the enemy to rob that from us. This power that Jesus came to give us, we've allowed the enemy to steal it from us because we've listened more to what the enemy has to say than we've listened to what God is saying to us. We've allowed the enemy to lie to us and steal from us because that's what it says he's come to do, to steal, kill, and destroy. We have turned up the volume on the enemy's lies more than we've turned up the volume on the truth of God's word. And the enemy has stolen it from us. We're not walking in John 14, 12 power, but we should be because Jesus said that when he goes to the Father, that you can ask Whatever you ask in my name, he said, that I will do. 
He said, you may ask anything from me. And he said he'd do it. Are we seeing those things? No, we're not. Why? Because we haven't got our full trust and our full confidence in God. We need to develop our full trust, our full confidence in God. And we will see those days again. Too many Christians are living defeated lives, lives of lack, powerless lives, because the enemy has robbed them of their confidence and their trust in this all-powerful God that we serve. Jesus again told us in Luke chapter 10 that he was given us all the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing by any means will hurt you. This is the authority that Jesus himself gave us. And this is the authority that we need to walk in. How do we do it? By having full trust and confidence in our God. Church, we have been supercharged with power from God. But because our trust and confidence in Jesus is not where it's meant to be, we're not walking in the fullness of what we are meant to walk in. But we should walk in this power. We should walk in this confidence. These things that Jesus did should be manifested in us if we can get that attitude that we should have given to us in Philippians 4.13 that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things through Christ who strengthens me. Not some things, but all things. Or in the end along version, you won't find it on the Bible app. It says, there is nothing that I can't face or nothing that I can't do when I do it in the power that Jesus Christ gives me. I think so often we think ourselves of weak, small, and powerless when that couldn't be further from the truth. We need to have the same attitude that the apostles had in Jesus in our lives. And maybe then we will see the things that they saw. You know, in Acts chapter 3, we see where Peter and John, they were heading up to the temple. And this is just after Jesus died, just after the day of Pentecost, where they had been filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, remember, Jesus is gone, and Jesus has given him a commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And now we, we, we see in Acts chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which was called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John, about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Isn't that amazing? Did you see what just happened here? This is the first recorded miracle of somebody that is walking in the power that Jesus endowed them with 
after Jesus going home to be with the Father. This is amazing. What Peter and John did here is that they operated in the power that they had been empowered with. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, they personalized it. They recognized that this is the authority that Jesus has given us. We need to operate in this authority. What I do have, I give to you. Church, if we put our trust in God and have full confidence in Him, there is nothing that we can't do and nothing that we cannot overcome. Because 1 John 4 and verse 4 says, You are from God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is He who is in you than He who is in the world. I want to give you the opportunity this morning to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. If you don't know Jesus, He is the one that gives life. He is the life giver. He is the one that will change your future, your destiny. From a destiny that is lost, from a destiny that's on the wrong path, on the wrong trail, to a destiny that's, that's guided and ordered by Him. The Word of God says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if that's you today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to pray a very quick prayer. But if you pray this prayer after me, believing in your heart and confessing it with, with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord, the Word of God says you will be saved. So repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I give you my life. Jesus, save me. Make me brand new. Fill me with your spirit so that I can follow you and live for you. Thank you, God, that you are near me, that you will never leave me. You will always be with me. My life is not my own. Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior. Today, I give you my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.